Good morning. Yeah, anybody excited this morning? Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Let's just bow our heads real quick. Father, we just ask you right now, God, that you would prepare the speaker and the listener, God, to hear your word to be changed by it, to be transformed by it, to be encouraged and motivated and, and, and grow on it, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. I like to start with a quote. I get them from the weirdest places. You can maybe lower this a little bit here. This quote is, is totally weird. It's coming from Bob Dylan. He, he, I did a little research on him. He gave his heart to the Lord back in the 80s and had, anyway, it doesn't matter. I just want you to hear this. He wrote, Jesus tapped me on the shoulder and said, Bob, why are you resisting me? I said, I'm not resisting you. He said, you're going to follow me? He said, I've never thought of that before. He said, when you're not following me, you're resisting me. That's deep. When you're not following me, you're resisting me. It, to me, man, there's some, there's some serious theological ramifications with that, with that quote. See, in the Gospels, we hear Jesus say over and over and over, follow me. He tells people simply, plainly, follow me. He, he went up to Peter and Andrew while they were fishing. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He went up to Matthew while he was sitting in a tax booth and he said, follow me. And oh, every time just telling people, listen, leave everything that you're doing and follow me. That's what's more important. Follow me. He went into Galilee. He saw Philip and he said, Philip, follow me. And there another one of the disciples said to him, Lord, I, I want to follow you, but let me go first and bury my father. Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Another time when a, a certain rich man ran up to Jesus and he said, Teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, Well, you know the commandments. And he says, Teacher, I've, I've kept all of them since my youth. This guy had it all together. And Jesus, looking ahead of him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have, give to the poor, and, and then you'll have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. And the word says, disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. See, in John twelve twenty six, Jesus said, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, my servant will be also. See, when you follow someone consistently, you become like them. Amen? When, see, the, the, the more you follow somebody, why, why do you think you, your parents don't wanna, want you hanging out with certain people? Right? Be, because the, the more you follow someone, the more you become like that person. But listen, family, that should be happening here. That should be happening in our Christian walk. See, if we're really following someone, then more and more we're, we're going to start to act like the one we're following. Now, in light of many of us, you know, walking together in this corporate fast, I hear a nice yell. 
Suffering for Jesus. In light of us walking together in this corporate fast, I want to talk to you this morning about how we live, how we roll, how we act, how we think, how we react, how we follow, and or how we resist. In a message titled, That's Normal to God. That's normal to God. See, I know for some of you, this might be the first time you've ever tempted a fast. I don't want to shout you out, but is that you? Is there... Amen. Amen. I know for, there's a lot of us here, this is the first time we've ever attempted a fast, and that's, that's awesome. I hope that today you're still standing strong. I hope that prayerfully you're standing different. I, I hope that you're seeing things, that you're learning things about yourself. But you see, Jesus never made a big deal about a fast. He just said, when you fast. So, in other words, it's normal that we should fast. He, 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 didn't, he didn't talk a lot about, he said, when you pray, that means it's normal that we should have a prayer life. He said, when you gather, that means it's normal for us to gather. He said, you know, when you praise, when you cry out, when you worship, when you throw yourself on the floor, when you, when you bow down, it's, that's, that's normal that we should be doing those things. That's, that's normal to God. He, he said, when you make disciples... Did you know that it's normal that you and I would be making disciples in our walk? Or did, you, did some of you still think that's the pastor's job? You and I, we're wired to, to just disciple. We, we disciple. The problem is when we're not following Jesus, we're still making disciples. See, I want to challenge our thinking this morning. I, I want to challenge the way we understand things, the way we do things, the way we live our lives, the way we walk this Christian walk. Because you see, a lot of the things that we would consider radical, it's normal to God. Right? It's just that we've gotten so far from, from where we should be. And, and, you know, the American church and American and Western, you know, religion, we've gotten so far from where we should be that we think if somebody prays an hour, whoa, whoa, ese está serio. You know that? No, that's normal to God. See, we, we, we think that if, if somebody's sick and we pray and, and the person gets healed, whoa, that guy has an international healing ministry. No, that's normal to God. Amen? That should be normal to God. But we, see, as, as a church, when we, when we gather together as a church, man, in the book of Acts, when the church gathered, and, and it says that, you know, when they had come to pray, the place in which they were gathered was shaken, and the Holy Spirit fell on everybody, and they began to proclaim the Word of God boldly. That's normal to God. That's supposed to happen in church. Amen? How much more today, that, that was back then, they weren't sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. The, the Comforter hadn't come yet. How much more today, we who are believers filled with the Spirit of God, when we come together, should we experience the presence and power of God? How much more? Right? I mean, when, when, when they shared, the word says hundreds were added to the kingdom. We get two or three new visitors a week. And they're excited about it. When, when they shared, you know, things, things happen, man. Listen, Matthew 18, 20 says, where 
For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So if God is among us, should not this, these supernatural things be happening every time we gather? Amen? Are, are you getting this, please? I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't there be miracles and healing and reunions and restorations? Shouldn't there be repairs of any breaches? Shouldn't, shouldn't there be the building up of walls instead of the tearing down? Shouldn't there be the encouraging? Shouldn't there be the uplifting power, spirit of God inside of us? Shouldn't church, listen, you might be happy with the sanctuary, but I'm not right now. See, so many instances throughout the Word of God where people prayed and supernatural things happened. When, when Peter was locked up, the church gathered in somebody's house to pray, and Peter shows up at the door. They, they were even shocked. They, they didn't let him in. They said, no, some guy's saying, it's Peter. He said, well, stupid, it's Peter. We've been praying for Peter. Abre la puerta! And so they opened and they found it was Peter. But they prayed and, and things happened. They meant answers to prayer. See, we've been having some awesome times in our worship circles. Amen? And, and you know, we walk away saying sometimes, wow, man, worship was good today. That was off the chain today, man. Man, wasn't it beautiful how we dedicated that baby and God gave a, a, a song and a special word to sing over? Wasn't that beautiful? Wasn't that special? No. That's normal to God. God wants to bless us. God wants to speak over His children. God wants us to dedicate them. God wants us to, to, to come and cry before Him and come and, and dedicate our lives and our families to Him. That's not special. That should happen all the time. Amen? See, when we follow God, we should expect that to happen. He, he wants to bless us. When that's not happening, then there's a problem. And there's either a problem. Listen, when you walk away from a, a gathering, an encounter with God, and you walk away unchanged, there's a problem. It's either with the church or with you. Many people are quick to blame the church. I'm saying I could be in the middle of a Buddhist temple, and if I'm praying to my God, I'm going to have an encounter with my God, and I'm going to walk away changed while they're still humming and chanting and doing whatever. Amen? Because it doesn't matter where I am, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit now. Right? There's a different temple now. But, but, but listen, there's either something wrong in the church or wrong with the people. There, there might be a leader somewhere manipulating or controlling the atmosphere so that he or she can get their shine on. And, and that, that's common. There, might be, there also might be people in the body that love their sin more than they love God. And so that means in this temple they're worshiping other gods. And that will hinder sometimes the move of God. They're, they're, listen, when the body isn't being multiplied and growing in maturity, that means, that means participating in corporate fasts. When, when the church calls a corporate fast. If, if that isn't happening, if that, then, then it, it's probably because somewhere there's division in the house. And church, we need to deal with that. 
We need to deal with that. We need to come together and be together. Amen? See, when Jesus said, follow me, he never promised anyone everything was going to be all right. At least not on this side of heaven. Right? Never. He made it so clear. He made it like raw. Like pastors don't want to preach that way because like nobody come to church. So listen, if you, if you give your heart to Jesus today, all your friends will hate you. They'll all make fun of you. They'll all, you'll be humiliated. You'll be different. You'll be an oddball. Come on, are you ready? There'd be nobody in church. But that's what Jesus did. That's, that's what he preached. That's, when he said, follow me, man, he said, if they hate me, they're going to hate you. If they talk about me, they're going to talk about you. If they gossip about me, they're going to gossip about you. The servant isn't greater than the master, but that shouldn't be happening in the church, though. If you're not following, you're resisting. I believe that. If we're not following with everything, we're resisting. Listen, if you've been fasting by now, you've realized a couple of things. <laughs> you have realized how attached you are to that bagel in the morning. You have realized how addicted you are to caffeine. That two-day headache, that was proof. Anybody? Three days sometimes, depending on how OD you were with the caffeine, right? I get a two-day headache. You've realized how much comfort or distraction you found in food. You might read, you might, you definitely have realized how much cheaper it is to eat junk food than to eat healthy food. I'm having $26 lunches. It's insane. Just to get vegetables, you know? I'm exaggerating, but you know. But it's cheaper to go to McDonald's and pay six bucks and get the drink, the fried, everything. All right, let's not talk about food. You've realized a couple of things if you've been on this fast. Listen, you've, you've probably also determined by doing it or not how committed you are. I don't want to go in on those that didn't, but you've realized, see, the one thing that will clearly demonstrate to you what level of commitment, where you stand, is what you're willing to give up or go without. Don't let me bring up tithes. You've probably also realized by day seven on a fast what a big baby you are. Amen? What a big whiner and complainer. How many of you have done the Pharisee walks? <laughs> que pasa, papito? I'm still fasting for Jesus. I'm so tired. I'm so cranky. I'm so hungry. Look at me. I'm such a good Christian. You've probably also realized how spoiled... How fortunate, how blessed, how overprivileged you are. Amen? 
Listen, I know for me, when, when I get those headaches from not having the caffeine or, or like in the first few days when you're detoxing, you know how you, you felt weak and sleepy, you had no energy, anybody? I was at work working on computers like... It was horrible. I, had to, I realized I have to stand up and everybody, I, if I sit down, I'm, I'm out. They're going to think I'm drunk, I'm going to get fired. But you just get so right, weak and, and, but listen, I know for me, when, whenever, when, whenever I, I, you know, I, I remind myself, listen, I'm, I'm denying myself. I can choose today to, to just go to the diner downstairs, have the big coffee, have the, alright, no more food, but I can choose to end this today. But there are people all over the world, even like in our next door, that don't have that choice. They get the headaches. They, their kids complain because they're hungry. And they got to say, Papito, go to sleep. I, you know what I'm saying? And so whenever, whenever I, I, get, I get real up on myself and I say, you know, this is really difficult and this is really... I say, man, I can end this today. What am I doing? 10 days, 21 days, whatever? Like, I'm going to end this. I'm going to have everything that I want later. And, 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 and church, that, that really just leads me, that, that, that thought kind of leads me to prayer. And that thought, I, I remember it happened for me this time. It ha- I, was on the, I was on the train heading home. I was standing, and, and it's one of those long stops on, you know, heading to Dyer. And I'm just standing, and I'm, and I'm just feeling my head is pounding. I, you know, I normally have headphones on, but the thought of putting headphones in my ear were, were, were just like driving me crazy because I had such a pounding Right? And I'm and I'm just ready to start bickering and complaining in my to myself because I'm on the train by myself, right? And and that's when it hit me and I said, man, there's probably people on this train that are hungry. There's probably people that don't have all the stuff that I'm denying myself on purpose, and that just led me. That leads me to prayer, and I hope that this fast, if it has done one thing, it has led you to prayer. Because listen, it's useless and meaningless if it hasn't brought you to some kind of reflection. Listen, there's chairs up here if you guys need chairs. No? And it's useless. You know, if, if it hasn't brought you to prayer, then, then you're on a diet, man. It, it, this, this is useless. Listen, I felt this time, let me tell you why we did 10 days. Because <clears throat> people were criticizing and complaining, you know. How people are going to do. I, I set 10 days this year because I, I wanted to set a goal that was attainable. I wanted to set it. See, when normally in the past two or three years, we've done 21 days. And, and by the end of that 21 days, there's that little handful of people that have done it. And then there's the big handful of people that tried and quit and now are feeling pretty miserable about themselves. And then there's, there's the bigger group of people that didn't even try because they said 21 days without me, without caffeine, no way. And, you know, it was such a big thing that, that I wanted to say, you know what, let's church, let's get together and let's do 10 days. So that it could be something that's attainable, something that we can do. Especially for those of us that it's our first times, amen? And so, but, but let me tell you where I got this from. This was from Daniel, right? And, and Daniel got, um, 
Daniel got indoct- was, was brought in with his, with his three Hebrew, with his three friends, and they were brought into a program for three years to train to be like the king's men. Right? And they were, they were brought in to train to, to, to worship all the gods, to be, to be like him. They were gonna follow him to be like him. They were not there on, you know, on choice. They were there by, by force. And so, being part of these young people that they pick to train them, they give them all of the king's delicacies. And so Daniel and his friends says, listen, he told the guard, listen, don't bring us the king, just bring us vegetables and water, and we'll be alright. And, and the guard says, uh-uh, if I bring you vegetables and water, and then later on the king finds you sick and skinny, then I'm going to get killed. So no, no good. That's not going to happen. So Daniel says, okay, I'll tell you what. Test us. Bring us vegetables and water. Keep all of the king's wines and delicacies. Give us the vegetables and the water for ten days. And if at the end of those ten days... We are not okay, we're not doing fine, then, then you can bring us whatever you want. The guard said, fine. So at the end of the ten days, the word tells us that the guard came to check on them, and he found that they were healthier, stronger, fatter, and better shape than all the other, than all the other students. And so they were allowed to continue with this, with this fast. So the ten days was a test. Church, this 10 days is a test. I'll get into that in a moment. But the word says at the end of the time, when, when, and, and we learned from Daniel 1.5 that that was three years, the king brought them in, and listen to this, in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them 10 times Better than all of the magicians and enchanters and brujos and brujas that were in the kingdom. Ten times. Listen, by the end of that time of fasting and prayer, the anointing had increased in them. Their wisdom had increased. They were closer to the one that they were following. They, they, were, they were ten times better than the world's best. So here's what I want to tell you this morning. If at the end of these 10 days, which we're going to close corporately Wednesday night in prayer, we're going to have communion together to break our fast. If at the end of these 10 days, as we gather for worship and prayer to break this fast, if it hasn't focused your prayer life, you need to keep going. I didn't expect too many amens. If it hasn't, bless you, if it hasn't grieved your heart to the, to the point that it's brought you to prayer, to the point that it's brought you closer, then please don't stop. But now listen, from that point on, that's going to be a private fast. That's going to be between you and God. I don't want your Facebooking about it. I don't want you telling people about it. There's no Pharisee walks. There's no, this is between you and God. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. How'd that fast go? That fast was excellent. This is private now from this point on between you and God. Don't even tell me. Don't tell anybody. Just let it be private. Because listen, if it hasn't brought you, if these 10 days haven't brought you, to the place of compassion, don't quit. Keep going. 
Now it's funny because I know for the next three days y'all going to get real spiritual. Y'all going to walk around Shamano Shandolo Santo! Y'all going to get Pentecostal on me real quick because you want to end it Wednesday night. Don't fake it because you're fooling yourself. Amen? You'd only be fooling yourself. If, if really, if fasting hasn't drawn you into the Word more, do you know that you should be reading your own Word and not just hearing it from me? Amen? Do you, do you know that you should be checking the things that I'm saying so that when you look in the Word you, and you come, you say, that guy's talking that parate over there. That's not what this says. You should be knowing. So if it hasn't brought you more into the Word, please press on. If you're not growing, if you're not maturing, if you're not, you don't feel yourself changing spiritually, please keep going. If it hasn't released better understanding in some areas that you were confused about when you started, please press on. If it hasn't released wisdom, please press on. Listen, if it hasn't broken off some things that you need broken off, that's the perfect opportunity. You keep on. Keep on till the thing breaks. Keep on till you hear from God. Keep on till something clicks, till something changes. Keep on, amen? Please hear this, church. <clears throat> if you haven't had the hunger, go from your belly to your spirit. You're not ready to stop yet. Keep going, amen? Listen, if we're going to do this thing, let's do it right. Don't do it because we did it together. Don't do it. Do it right, man. Do it for you. Do it for your relationship. Do it for your family. Do it for what it needs to be done. Amen? Listen, if none of this stuff has happened yet, then you've only been on a diet. Today, start to fast. Let's start fasting. Amen? And listen, if you haven't done it with us, it, you needn't blow it. It's, it's a good time to start. It's a good time to start. Monday's a fresh start. How about that? If you haven't done it, join us Monday to Wednesday. Do three days. Do it to yourself. I dare you. I dare you. Because that's normal to God. It's not normal that some of us have been in church 26 years and never been on a fast. It's not normal that some of us have been in church 15 years and we're still in the same place with the same drama, doing the same things, acting the same way that we were 15 years ago. Where's the Spirit of God living inside of us? Who are we following that we're not changing? Amen? Woo! Let's go after what's normal to God. What does it look like? I'm glad you asked. This is what was normal. That's when God speaks to us and we hear it. That's when we have visions and dreams. That's when, when, when dreams, the, the mailbox dreams at sanctuaryfellowship.com starts tearing down servers because people are having dreams and people want interpretations and, and God is speaking to people. Amen? That's when, listen, listen, that's when all of us are working to build this kingdom. That's when, what, the, how, what did that look like? That's when not just 20 people are doing the entire work of this ministry. 
That's when more than 20 people are funding this ministry, are paying the bills. Do you know that it costs us $1,800 in Con Ed this week because of the, the heats? It's insane. But there's 20, 25 people paying that. See, that, that'll start to change when people start to follow what God is doing and become a part of the ministry that God has you in. Amen? Is it alright for me to say that? That's when it's not all just the same people doing all the work and giving and making all the sacrifices to keep everything going and doing things in excellence. What's normal to God? When His people, called by His name, humble themselves and pray. That's normal to God. When a prayer service is just as packed as a Sunday service. What? That would be, re- that would be unheard of. But that would be normal to God. Because why? Because we need prayer. Because we need to come together in prayer. Because by the level of prayer that's in the church, that's the maturity that the church is going to have. Amen? I know I'm going in today. I'm sorry. No, I'm, no, I'm not. See, when you understand that you and I, we're on a special assignment, and with every new day at every place we step into, everyone we meet, every Facebook post, every we're called to shine. We're called to, to bring light into dark situations. We're, we're called to bring peace where there's war. We're, we're called to bring war where there's peace. That's when God can trust us to say things like this. Listen, imagine hearing this from God this morning as you're getting dressed, clearing tie, getting dressed. Uh, George, I need you to take the 720 bus today, and there's going to be a lady in a bright red coat on that bus, and you're going to be able to tell who I'm talking about because you're gonna, she's going to look like she's been crying. I want you to go and tell her that she has not been forgotten and that I have heard her cries and that even as we speak this morning, her son is on the way back home to her. That, that's, that's the stuff that's normal to God. That's, that's, you, we heard it, we read it all through the word. Jesus will tell them, listen, go down to the town, make a left, there's gonna be two men there, follow them into the building, tell them that you need the room upstairs for the Passover. And the disciples go, and they, as they get to the corner, they see the man, and they follow him into the house, and they, the man tells him, what do you need? And he says, we need a place to have the Passover supper. And so, yeah, the Lord has already spoke to me, this is it. I mean, can you, I mean, that's special assignment, man. That's hearing from God. That's some Jack Bauer 24 stuff with the Holy Spirit going on. That's, listen, that's what makes being a Christian exciting. So many of you are doing it boring. You do it boring. You, you, your Christian walks are boring. You think it's about a Christian t-shirt or a little bumper sticker. It's not, man. It's about hearing and doing the will of God. It's about hearing and moving. It's about listening and obeying. It's about hearing and serving. And then it's exciting because there's never a moment of arrest, man. It's like, in a good way. You're like, you get up, you're like, what now? And, 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 and that's when, when you get up and you put your feet on the floor and all of hell trembles because they say, oh, that guy's awake again. 
Oh man, I'm losing some people today. Because wherever that guy goes, he's going to shine and darkness is going to fall off of people. Listen, things have to change. Listen, can I, can I share my vision for you for this year in closing? You know me, I was going to do it anyway, but I just asked politely. I want this to be a house of prayer. I want this to be a house of, of worship. I want people worshiping. You know how now when we worship, like this front gets filled up and these people are worshiping and worshiping, uh, but everybody back there is still playing with iPhones and playing with stuff and eating and chewing and munching and checking people out. And I, I want the whole place to be worshiped. I want this to be not enough room, so we gotta worship in the aisle. And, and there's not enough room, so we gotta worship across the back. I mean, the whole place to be a furnace of worship. You, do you, do you hear me? I, I, I want people worshiping in the back row. I want to see people hungrier for the things of God than they are for boyfriends and girlfriends. I want to see people more excited about God than their new cell phones or the latest apps. I want to see people more excited about what God is doing than they are about the latest artist and what he's doing. How does that affect your life? Really? Really? I don't care what Kanye's doing. I don't care what Jay-Z's doing. All I know is that he's making disciples and maybe we're not. I want a church that's more desperate to gather together. Listen, I, I, I want it to be that when, when Mark comes and opens the, the building in the morning, there's already people waiting outside. Like, come on, man, you're late today, Mark, you're two minutes. Come on, what's going on? We got to get into the house, man. We got to be in the, I need fellowship. I need to get together with people. Amen? Not because of the building, but because they, they just want to come together and worship and testify and hear and see what God has been doing in their lives. Amen? Listen, I want our services to change. I want our fellowship to change. I want God's people here to be, that, that are called with us to learn the meaning of reverence. Can I, can I teach a minute? Reverence is defined as a deep respect for someone or some place. Now, now listen, I grew up in a Catholic school. And I was even an altar boy. You can laugh. I did it to get out of class because whenever there was a funeral, they called altar boys. To, to, so we would pray for people to die so that we could get out of class. Yeah, there was nothing spiritual about me. I, I just, I wanted to get out of class. But listen, there was always something about the Catholic Church. I'm not talking bad. There was a reverence in that place. I don't know if it was reverence for the building, which is, which are gorgeous, or, or if it was reverence for the, the, just the way things were done, but, but there was surely a reverence that you can cut with a knife. Right? If, if, if you've been there, you, you understand. Now, now listen, I was never really challenged spiritually there, or, or I didn't feel anything happening, but, but that could have been on me anyway. But I do remember, listen, you would not get up and walk around when somebody was talking. 
I, I, I asked my wife the other day, did your Catholic church have bathrooms? Because I had to tell you, I don't remember ever going to the bathroom in a Catholic church. I don't think they had them. I, I, I asked her, do you remember? She goes, yeah, they're in the chapel down by. I said, oh, but they're not like in the sanctuary. Like, because that, that's not an, that, you wouldn't dream of, of in the middle of go, going, going to the bathroom, right? I mean, listen, you wouldn't, in, in the middle of, a, of, a, <coughs> of whatever was going on, you, you wouldn't go to the store in the middle of the service. And then come in with a butter roll and some chips and a coffee, and then when you leave, leave it on the floor. I know, man, that would not happen there. It wouldn't happen there. I mean, it, it, just, it just wouldn't happen. You, you, you wouldn't play a video game or chat with two people in the back while there was worship going on. You, you just wouldn't do it, church. There, there are some things that I want to change this year. Now, now listen, we are all about freedom. It's, it's, it's clear. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. But I don't ever want us to take the grace of God for granted. I, I want you to understand the power of the one that we serve and give way to the fear of God in the church. I want you to imagine that the scripture that I read is true, that where two or three are gathered, I'm among them. We, we, we definitely can't believe that. We can't. Because that means if two or three of us are, are talking about something, and that means God is there. I mean, God is everywhere, yeah, but, but there's something different about this. We, we've included him. And so where two or three are gathered, he says, I'm among them. So, so listen, if, if God is here, how could I not stand to worship? If God is here, how, how can I not just want to bow down and cry out? If God is here, how could I be distracted by something someone else wants to say to me? Cállate. <laughs> Call me later. I'll talk to you later, man. I'm in a meeting with God here. How, if God is here, how can I walk out of my meeting with God to get a candy or a soda? If the word is true and he is here, how can I play with my cell phone? How can I, how can I do anything but, but, but just meet with God? How can I be so insensitive to the people around me, in front of me, by talking and, and distracting and getting up and sitting down? Church, we need a reverence for the things of God. If God is here, how can I hold something against my brother and not run and deal with it quickly? Quickly. How can I not... Knowing that the Word says, when I don't forgive, I'm not forgiven. How can I stand in the presence of God in unforgiveness, in bitterness, with strife and quarrels? 
Listen, there shouldn't be one marital problem in the building because the second you walk in and you know that God is here, you should be making up with a quickness. Because God, my prayers are going to be hindered today because of the way I spoke to you at home. My prayers are, are not going to be heard today because the way you I, I treated you, because the things I said to you, wife, spouse, husband, forgive me, because I'm going to meet with God right now, and I need there to be nothing hindering that, that connection. You ever been, in, in, we've all been there, we've been in class, and we weren't paying attention. And then we have this fear that the teacher's going to call on us. But what if we're meeting with God? What if He calls on us today? Like, what if He calls on us? I mean, we might have done our best to hide somewhere in the middle or hide behind somebody tall or go as far back to the end of the church as we can go, but... But, but you know you're not hiding, right? So what if he calls on us today? What if, what if, what if he says something to me and I missed it because I was turned around talking to some other knucklehead? What if he said something to me and I was in the bathroom? I didn't even have to go. I just felt like stretching my legs. What if he, he calls on me? Listen, what if he stops trying to get through to me because I stopped tuning into him? What if I've gotten to the place where I can be so cold that I can sit in the presence of the Almighty God with all of my junk, with all of my issues, with all of my anger, with all of my whatever, and not be moved? Where, what, what hope is there for me now? I, I believe it, man. If we're not following me, you're resisting me. Not following me is resisting. Listen, church, I want us to fast that the fear of God would be in this place. Not in some legalistic manner, not in some fake holiness, but, but for real. That when anyone walks in, they feel it, they sense it, it surrounds them, it arrests them. Amen? I want people to walk in blasted and get sober instantly. Because they've stepped into the presence of God. I want people to walk in sick and walk out healed. I want people to walk in damaged and, and walk out repaired. I want relationships to come in broken and walk out restored. Why? Because of the presence of God. Not because of any leadership or ministry or anybody here. But because God is here. Because He said, where two or three are gathered, I'm among them. For no other reason. Now, now listen. Here's some things I don't want to change about who we are. I love the fact that you can come as you are in a fancy dress, a suit and tie, or jeans and a fitted to the side. And still be accepted and still be loved on and nobody even think anything different about it. I love the fact that you don't have to hide where you've been. I love the fact that you don't have to lie about where you came from. You don't have to pretend to be something you're not ready to be yet. 
I love the fact that you don't have to have it all together or even look like you do to just be a part of us and to just be loved on by this family. I love the fact that you could come in here doubting, questioning, and as long as you are really seeking, man, you are welcome. And, and there are going to be people here that are going to love on you, partner up with you, buddy up with you, do whatever. Let's say to you, man, let's do this life thing together. You're alone, I'm alone. Let's, let's not be alone no more. Amen? So that's my challenge to the church this year. Not, not for today. I don't want you to come up and respond to this. Not, uh, uh, this is, this is for, from now on. I want this to be for the church. I want this to be what this church is. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, If anyone desires to come after me, worship team, you guys can come. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. See, by fasting, we answer his call to deny ourselves for the sake of the cross, but that is just a starting point. If fasting hasn't brought you to the things that are normal to God, don't stop. Keep on. If you have to fast for three years like Daniel did, I guarantee he'll be different. He'll be a different person at the end of that time. I guarantee you will not regret one chicken, pork chop, steak, patel. You won't regret a bit. It'll be nothing to you. It'll be nothing to you compared to the closeness that you have with God. Compared, listen, when, when, we, when we leave our sustenance from things and get our sustenance from God, then the things are just a blessing. Then it's, it's great to go have whatever. That's awesome. But that's not my food. Jesus said, I have food that you don't even know about. Amen. Listen to this little thing I, I just copied from someplace. It says, to be perfectly candid, there are few things that are as dull and boring in life as Christianity without the living, breathing, radiant, triumphant Christ. But there is nothing in life more fascinating than Christ. He is the most exciting person in the universe. <laughs> But we're speaking about the real Christ, not the shallow, anemic Jesus that is so often promoted today. When God's people begin living by an indwelling God, the world begins to get a glimpse of the real Jesus. And the result? All of their negative experiences about religion and Christianity and moral condemnation are overcome by the steady regular, persistent, and stubborn extension of God's love in Christ for them in the church. That's the church that's normal to God. If you're not there yet, church, don't stop till you understand it. If you need to fast longer, fast longer. If fast till you get to the place where you are the person that God created you to be. 
fast until something changes in you, until something breaks in you, until you can change the atmosphere in this place. Because church, I'll be totally honest with you. If we can't do that, then I don't want any part of this. 